Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we tackle some more of our listener questions. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit your name before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Lockdown Bucks podcast. I am James Jericho, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Today's episode brought to you in part by Spotify Wrapped. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag at Locked On Live as well as at Locked On Bucks on Twitter, and we will make sure to share and retweet. And thank you very much for your listenership, David. Today's the day that we we review Star Wars movies, right? Because I don't I don't ever record for Thursday episodes, which means this must be the Friday episode. Is that correct? That's absolutely not correct. This oh, is the okay. Thursday episode because you decided that. You didn't want to work on Tuesday, so or on Monday, so you weren't on Tuesday's episode. So this is your makeup shift. I decided that I was going to sit through a hellacious elementary school concert that I was under the impression was only my son's class, the third graders, when instead it was kindergarten through third grade, and that was awesome. I've never wanted to podcast so much in my life than i did sitting there listening to off-key singing and off-beat <laughs> instrument playing but god love those children they were brave little tykes getting up on stage singing in front of all those parents and uh yeah that was that was something yeah they are they go away though don't worry about it yeah yeah pretty much so We have plenty of listener questions that we are going to tackle today. We have some voicemails. We had a really interesting question sent into us via Twitter. So, David, why don't we go ahead and uh, and attack some of these? Sounds good. David, James, what's up? It's Sean from Tennessee. Just on. uh, Don't really particularly want to talk about (laughs) the draft, but I got to say that Winning three in a row feels good. I'm a draft guy. I started doing, you know, the mock draft machine on the draft network a, a month ago. But at this point, I don't care anymore. I don't care if they're picking 10. I don't care if they're picking 19. I just want this team to win some games. It's good to see them start to pull out some games that I don't think they would have won a couple years ago. I feel like this team last year would have would have dropped that game against Arizona. They would have found a way to lose this game against the Colts. But it's good to see this team buying in. This feels a little different to me than the five game win streak that uh that we had under Cutter. I think that I think this team's finally turning things around. The defense a little iffy at times, but you know, they're holding up their end when it really matters in the fourth quarter and it just feels good. Um so man, I I'm a big draft guy, but I finally hit the point where I don't care. I just I just want to see this team win some games and, and learn how to learn how to turn things around in that locker room. And I, I think the big takeaway from this season is that you guys need to be talking about Star Wars at the end of every episode because that's three in a row now when you guys review Star Wars. So I just want to remind you that 
you know, you got a bunch of other movies you haven't talked about. There's Star Wars Rebels. You can do individual episodes. You can do individual episodes of The Mandalorian. You can do the Star Wars Christmas special. You know, whatever it takes, keep this good juju going. Uh, anyways, thank you guys for everything you do. We appreciate it. Go Bucks. Sean, I like the way you think. David, David, I think we're going to have to, because, you know, there's only nine of these episodic films. And we got Rogue One. We got Solo. But after that, I mean, yeah, we're going to have to get into each individual chapter of the Mandalorian. Maybe I will make you go back and watch uh, all the episodes of clone wars and then all the episodes of rebels. I mean, we could have, we could have like 10 seasons worth of Friday star Wars reviews. If we go episode by episode of some of these animated series, you're going to kill it. I'm just, I'm just going to stop altogether. You can't mess with the mojo. There's two things we have going for us right now, David. That's the Star Wars reviews and your crazy mathematical equations <laughs> for score predictions. Listen, listen, I'm I'm down to do the movies. That's fine. But we we can get into I mean the Mandalorian's cool or whatever, but I mean you have to understand, like, we're not doing this every Friday all year the long of time. No, not no. not not all year long. So after just during December, the season. After, so we got yeah, so we got three more, right? So what we're going to do episode two, we're going to do episode three, and we'll do yep. episode seven, right? And then and then that's it till August. Well, till September. So then we got to do episode eight, episode nine. That's fine. Rogue One, Solo. Episode eight, episode nine. Episode nine is the one that's coming out in the theaters. Yeah, that's okay. uh, a week. Well, when people are listening to this, a week from today. Yeah, and then we'll do. You said Solo. Yeah, so that and that then, would give us four movies. So that's the first quarter of the season. Now we gotta we we gotta find twelve more Star Wars related things to to review. And isn't episode the eight season. the one you said is on Netflix? Yeah, by by time if we're gonna save it for next season, it'll be on Disney Plus. Yeah, because I canceled my Netflix subscription, so I'm not even watching uh, episode eight until then. I mean, I might watch them anyway, but I'll have to rewatch them. But Listen, all right, look, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say this. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go undefeated through the rest of this whole thing where we're reviewing Star Wars stuff uh, all the way through all of the movies, then fine. We can continue it with episode episodic things because that would mean the Buccaneers would have to win, what, six, seven more games in a row without losing, including the first four of next year. Something like that, yeah. So if that, jeez, if that <laughs> happens, then fine, I will agree. But listen, there are you make fun of me all the time for my lack of movie knowledge and like the 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 short extent to which I've actually seen some of the quote unquote classic movies of our time. So there, like maybe the mojo is not the Star Wars. Maybe the mojo is just the movie reviews and all that crap, and we can have our listeners start, you know throwing out movies and stuff like that. Listen, I'm not doing star Trek. Like, Oh no, I won't either. I'm not, not a star happen. Trek fan. Um, no. So we're going to find different genres and different movies. Like I've seen all the Marvels. So, I mean, we could go through them and just review them, but I mean, it's, I don't think it's as fun when it's, you know, I mean, I've already seen them. So, uh, actually referring to that, I'm probably not going to watch the movies then until we get to them next season. Cause I think that's probably what makes it as enjoyable as it is. Um, but, but anyway, we're a long way away from there. So, Everybody just be happy with what you got so far. Maybe once we're done with Star Wars, we can uh, move on and do 
each individual episode of The Office. Uh, but I've already seen all The Office. I mean, that's fine. Like, if that's what the people want, then that's <laughs> that's fine by me. Um, but again, I, I kind of get the feeling that some of this is that people are getting kind of my 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 fresh eyes on it. I don't know. It's it's you guys tell you guys out there tell me what's entertaining about it, and if and we'll do it. I don't care because I get made fun of all the time for all the movies I haven't seen. Um, because I got made fun of today for still not having watched uh the Big Lebowski, which. Whatever. You you did watch it? No, I watched part of it, Ugh. and I turned it off because it's stupid. How dare you? It's so terrible. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what quote. it is. That's a quote from the movie. What I probably didn't get to that part. It's pretty early on. I probably slept through it. I'm pretty sure that was after they met the Jesus. At, at the at the bowling alley. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, Lebowski is one of those movies that the first time I saw it, I kind of had the same opinion you do. And I was like, well, I mean, that was okay, I guess. But the more... I, I was the same way with Anchorman. The more I watched it, the funnier and funnier it got. Yeah, but Anchorman was acceptable the first time. The big, like I didn't even get again. I turned it off, so I mean, I, didn't, I can't even say what I thought about the first time through because I didn't even finish it. That's hurtful. Anyway, um, at this point, I've I've forgotten uh, what Buccaneers related thing we needed to speak about with Sean's call. Well, the biggest thing I took from it is <laughs> the conversation I had uh, earlier this week, stemming off of Chef Aaron's voicemail, was you know kind of whether or not this version because we've heard you know, like the whole never quit mantra before from a book okay, yeah, squad yeah. and whether or not this one is different than the last one. And, uh, as you know, as everybody knows who listened to the last episode, if you didn't, I highly recommend it. It's about 30 minutes of nothing but me. So it's, it's amazing. Um, Yikes. I do, I think this is very different. And I listened to enough of the pewter nations podcast, uh, to know that they think that it's different than previous versions, including the five game winning streak version of this team. So, you know, I think that's kind of the biggest thing moving towards the future is, is this real or is this, again, just a flash in the pan, fool's gold, whatever you want to call it, because, uh, you know, again, like you like you said, and like we've said, the Buccaneers fans have been through this before. They've seen this dance before. They've gone. They've heard this music before. And then when the curtains are drawn back the next season, there's nothing on stage but a, but a bunch of empty uh, instruments. Yeah, I, I think we it, it does feel a little bit different. I think you're spot on there, as well as the guys over at Pewter Nation. Um, but I would still say enter enter the offseason and enter next season with guarded, cautious optimism. Because until we see them come out and be different than we've seen in years past when they had these these big seasons and then big expectations and then big letdown. Um, that's kind of what, what we've been conditioned to expect over the course of the last decade is they win 10 games, miss the playoffs on a tiebreaker, uh, a terrible pass offensive pass interference call against Kellen Winslow when they faced the Detroit Lions and, and it cost them a playoff spot next year. Big expectations. They're coming off of an incredible season from their young quarterback and what was it? 25 touchdowns and only six interceptions. And they, they 
crap the bed. You brought up the five game win streak. They come out, they finish the season nine and seven, lose a winnable game against the Cowboys, cost them a playoff spot, go into the next season, big expectations, five and 11. Yeah. Following season, five and 11. So, we just like you said, we've seen this movie before, we've seen this play before, we've seen this concert before, however you want to phrase it. So, yes, although it feels different, and although this coaching staff is more trustworthy as far as their experience and their track record. Still be a little bit cautious on what you expect heading into the next season, because despite the Panther struggles, despite the Falcon struggles, this is still an incredibly tough division. You still have the saints as the, the top of the mountain, and it's not going to be easy to make the playoffs in the NSC. So if you go into 2020 expecting this team to you know, build on what they have already built towards the end of this year, and you say they're, they have to be a playoff team next year, you got the Saints, man, and the Falcons and Panthers in your own division. You have the, the NFC West, which is just ridiculously filled with talent. You have... You know, the Packers and the Vikings in your way. You still have a, a really, really good defense in Chicago if they can get their quarterback situation straightened out. So the NFC is not an easy place to make the playoffs right now. And I did see someone, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Lindsey Rhodes from the NFL Network, said that if the Buccaneers were in the NFC East, they would be tied for the division lead right now. Yeah, both the uh, Cowboys and Eagles are are six and seven, and and I mean talking about That's next insane. year too. I mean, uh, this team, the Buccaneers, play against the NFC West and the NFC East for their for in, in divisional standing. So, if this Buccaneers team finishes second place in the NFC West, that means they're playing probably the Seahawks again. Um, if they finish second, then they're playing on the road in either Philly or Dallas, which I know Buccaneers fans would be excited to see this team go back into Philly, but or going to Philly again. But, you know, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, I understand it's a down season for both the Eagles and the Cowboys, but depending on how they rebound, depending on the holes that they filled this offseason, they still have, they both still have kind of the nucleus that they had when they, you know, in their previous uh, successful seasons and, and everything else. But um, so it's, so nothing is, is going to be given to, to anybody, although they do have road games uh, in Denver and in Detroit again next year, so we'll see. But uh, the Chiefs at home—I mean, that's going to be—that's going to be a tough matchup. The Chargers at home, depending on what happens with Melvin Gordon and Philip Rivers and so on and so forth. But uh, I'm sure Bucks fans are going to love to see Derwin James coming down. That'll be exciting. That'll be an exciting week for James. I can't wait. But I would say that every Buccaneers fan should come into next season expecting a Super Bowl win. That's what I would say. Yikes. Don't do that. That's just going to lead to anger and and frustration on social media and and yeah, don't don't do that. Be be hopeful and optimistic that the team will be better than they were this year and be pleasantly surprised with anything past that. Nope. Hype it up. Get ready for the Super Bowl trip. Oh dear God, you are going to make this podcast burn to the ground with our voicemails. Anyway, before we move on to the next voicemail, this episode is also brought to you in part by Casper. The original Casper mattress com combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. 
Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. That's all one word. L-O-C-K-E-D-N-F-L. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. That's right. You need a good night's sleep. You want some sweet dreams about the Buccaneers future. You go get yourself a nice Casper mattress. David, let's fire up that next voicemail. What's up, guys? This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia. Uh, I had a few questions about uh, the Bucks versus Colts game. I was watching it on some kind of bootleg website. It was it was really crappy, man. Um, there was no way I could I could get it. I had to ride into town to a buddy's house and watch it, and it was a pure nightmare. So it made watching like the trench battles and stuff really frustrating because it was buffering so much, and I was alternating between that and listening on the radio. But two questions I had was, what happened to Winston's thumb? I haven't got a good explanation from that from any podcast, and I can't seem to figure out how that happened. And the other question, which was a big discussion prior to the game, was uh, who won the trench battle between Vea and Nelson? I'd like to hear uh, y'all's thoughts on that. All right, thanks, guys. Go Bucks. All right, Matt, we appreciate the call. And, of course, say hi to Troy for us. Um Okay, so first off, Jameis Winston's thumb. And David, feel free to interrupt me if I'm wrong. But I do believe that that injury happened when he was sacked by Justin Houston. I think that's that's where it occurred. Small fracture on the thumb. He seems to believe that he's going to be fine. Uh, says that it feels a little bit better each day, but he's taking it day by day. I doubt Jameis Winston is going to come out with a fractured thumb. And I mean... Hell, he came out with a fractured thumb in the second half and kept throwing touchdown passes. So, you know, it didn't really affect his his velocity or his ability to throw the ball too much. I don't expect it to affect him this weekend if he is able to go. And as far as the trench battle, David, I don't know. Would you call it a draw? No. Um, Quentin Nelson won that. Really? But yeah, but real quick on Jameis. So the only confirmation I've found is that he heard it late in the first half, quote unquote. Um, I went back and looked at literally every rep that Jameis Winston took from about seven minutes or so uh, left in the second quarter to halftime. And there are a couple situations like the interception to Darius Leonard when he threw that ball, his hand uh, was was very forcefully hit by a defender on the follow through. So that could have been it. Um, the, the there was an incomplete pass he tried to complete to OJ Howard on the on the the drive where they scored the touchdown to Cameron Brait and his hand was hit on that pass so that could have happened on the sack like you said James uh, he definitely came down on his right hand and so it could have happened there there was another pass where he wasn't sacked but he was hit and he came down kind of awkwardly and landed on his right hand so I mean honestly it could have happened at any of those points and the 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 kind of the problem with the whole I mean it's not really a problem but if you're trying to pinpoint it for one the injury wasn't reported till after halftime. So not because the Buccaneers are trying to be shady or doing anything, Bill Belichick in, but because Jameis himself said that he went to the hat in the locker room, came out, went to warm up for the second half and realized he couldn't grip the football uh, correctly and said, well, oh, crap, there's something wrong with my hand. So that's when he went back to do the x-rays, yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, if, if Jameis, I mean, essentially he's just thinking, oh, 
pains of the game type of situation. So I don't know when it happened, but those are just kind of some of the ideas. It could have been the sack. It could have been one of those other situations. Uh, never really saw a thing where he kind of like flinched or, you know, I was watching from, you know, be squeezing his hand and stuff in the shotgun. But again, if he didn't realize it until after halftime, then it's, it's going to be kind of hard to pinpoint. Um, and then as far as Vita Vea and Quentin Nelson, I mean, obviously like Vita Vea won because his team won. Right. So obviously like that's kind of, the, really the biggest thing but if you want if you want to look at it from an individual standpoint for one I, I didn't go through every single rep um i didn't have time i was i was honestly looking at the james stuff a little bit more than i was the vita vea stuff which might not have been as valuable of of a use of my time but i guarantee you that quentin nelson didn't one-on-one with vita vea all day all afternoon like i guarantee no, you that no, didn't he happen. didn't he didn't. But, I, I even saw a couple of instances where it was Sue on that side instead of yeah, instead of yeah. Vea. And then I mean, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, Vita, like there were, I guarantee you, there were reps where Vita Vea and Quentin Nelson didn't even make contact with each other. Like, but that's the story that everybody was talking about. And so here's what I'll say: is if you're talking about offensive linemen versus defensive linemen, you know, stats are are a big part of that. Obviously, Vita had zero tackles and he had one quarterback hit. They don't track pressures, you know what I mean, stuff like that. Like I'm sure there are sites that track pressures, but pressures are always really kind of negotiable. So just because of that, that's essentially – so, I mean, if we have to name a winner, I'll say Quentin Nelson won the matchup win, like between the two players, just because Vita had zero tackles and, you know, just one hit on the quarterback. But the the Buccaneers' defense definitely won out over the Colts' defense because despite the fact that the Colts started at least three drives on the Buccaneers' side of the field – and the Bucks' offense spotted the Colts, you know, seven points. Um, they still were able to hold them under thirty points for the game. So, I mean, I think that's that's pretty impressive overall. So, I guess that's my way of answering it without really answering it. Yeah, I mean, I I remember seeing Vea get some pressure quite a few times. Now, whether or not he lined up opposite of Quentin Nelson in those instances, I don't honestly remember. But I do vividly remember thinking, "All right, well, you know, Vea." collapse the inside there and and he was able to to start to close in on Brissett. So I don't know. It would it would take going back and finding out which snaps uh Vea lined up across from Quentin Nelson. If if Quentin Nelson won that battle, I would say it wasn't by much. But Quentin Nelson's a freaking he was an all pro as a rookie. Like the dude is so good. So even if he did win out over Vea, that's not a slight against Vea. I mean, Vea's been a wrecking ball all season long, and and the Bucks were still able to get pressure on Brissett. Uh Shaq Barrett, he um you know, the NFL did their did their stat corrections. He was awarded the full sack for that game, so he's only mm-hmm. one away from tying Warren Sapp's uh franchise record for most sacks in a season, one and a half away with three games to go to set the record. For most sacks in a season, that is wild. Yeah, I mean, I just went back through my notes. The, the Colts had four offensive possessions start at the fifty-yard line or better, and they had twelve for the entire game. So a third of the time, the Colts started with the ball in Buccaneers territory or at midfield, and the Buccaneers defense still only gave up twenty-eight points. So defense won. You you want to hear a fun statistic? Sure. Buccaneers opponents this season have scored 89 points off of Jameis Winston turnovers. Yikes. That's a lot. It is. I'm actually working on something related to stats and stuff. 
I don't want to give it away because I still have a lot more research to do. All right. Well, David, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, the next inquiry. How's that? How's that for a, a new word? Hey guys, it's Lightning Tampa. Uh, just a quick message. Um, obviously, rough week for us with injuries. Um, looking like Mike will be out minimum this week and possibly for the rest of the season. Um, and also lost TJ Logan to IR due to his thumb injury. Um, thinking that we got a good set of players to help keep up the slack, especially the way James played on Sunday. And just wanted to hear your thoughts of just the way the rest of the season is going now that we know about some of these injuries. And if you know anything about Ishmael that is being brought up from the practice squad. Thanks, guys, and have a good one. Go Bucks. All right, yeah, uh, of course, Leighton, we, we did receive official word. Mike Evans is out for the rest of the season. Such a such a brutal, brutal loss. Um, not just for the Bucks, but for, for Mike himself. You know, I don't know if there's a player on the team, maybe outside of of Jameis Winston, who wants to be out on that field more than Mike Evans. And um, it sucks that he's gonna miss the last three weeks of the season. Good that that he passed his thousand yard mark uh, before that that happened. It didn't cost him a, a chance at setting an NFL record next season. But yeah, that that's brutal, man. Uh, David, I'll kick it over to you. Um, you know, as far as uh, as the the guys that were signed from the practice squad and to the practice squad. Um, I know, yeah, the one is um, Ismail or Ishmael Hyman. Uh, you got anything on him? Because I don't. I'll be yeah, honest. Um, I, got, I got nothing on this guy. Yeah, I do. I, I did a little research. Just, I mean, because Leighton called in, so I did a little homework. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the mic thing is concerned, honestly, I mean, I feel like if the Buccaneers were in playoff contention, that he wouldn't be shut down for the season necessarily, that you know that, they would be kind of holding out hope for him to come back and all that stuff. It just makes sense. There's no reason to put Mike Evans on the field in your six and seven and eliminated. Uh, from playoff contention, it's just it's not a good way to manage your franchise. So, uh, as much as it's frustrating for him, I'm sure hang him up, heal up, come back next week or next week, come back next year, uh, be the dominant self that you are, um, and then you know set that record and you know moving forward. Yeah, I mean Chris Godwin. I mean th- that's when we talk about you know Evan wrote about it on BucksNation.com, but you talk about almost kind of a perfect situation. Like I guarantee you, you know, Chris would never wish injury on Mike Evans and he's definitely not celebrating it. But the truth is still there that this is Chris Godwin's opportunity. Like it's been established that he can be a dominant number two on an offense. Now he has a chance to establish that he can be a number one on an offense and he doesn't really even have to be a dominant number one. He just has to be an effective number one wide receiver for these last three games. And if he is, then his agent is going to go into this offseason negotiation that we all kind of assume the team is going to have with you know Chris Godwin and his agents with a whole lot of firepower um, and a whole lot of reasons for the Buccaneers to come out of pocket with a whole lot of dollars and a whole lot of commas and decimals and everything. Um, so that's number one. Number two is it's really a great opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because there have been many people who have said that this year's wide receiver class might be the best wide receiver class coming into the NFL draft ever. And 
when you look at last year's defensive heavy class and how you know everybody was ranting and raving about how awesome this you know the defensive class was from top to bottom, so on and so forth, it was the perfect year to draft defense, and that's exactly what the Buccaneers they went out and they drafted defense. They drafted a little bit differently than most of us thought they would, but they still drafted a very defense heavy. Uh, class, and that's evident by the fact that I do the rookie recap every single week. And anytime Scotty Miller is inactive, I'm like, oh, zero offensive rookies this week because there are none. And now this, they have this opportunity where you have your your guy in Mike, you have a guy in Chris, but they've got a question: Who's your third option? Well, you're about to find out because there are some people who are starting to change their mind about Brashad Perryman. There are some people who are saying, you know what, maybe Brashad's worth bringing back next year. Um, Scotty was doing a little, you know, he was doing better and better incrementally every week. Until he came up with his injury. He's been uh, back in practice from my understanding. Obviously, we still have a couple more days. But if he can come back, this is an opportunity for him. Justin Watson. I mean, I know that Brent and Ren over at the Pewtercast have been asking all year, why isn't Justin Watson getting on the field? And the answer would be that he's just not showing up in practice. Well, he definitely showed up in the game. So sometimes, I mean, you people sometimes out there, I mean, he may be a better game day player than he is a practice player. I don't know. Um, it may have just been that the Colts didn't have any tape on him, so they didn't know how to prepare for him. And, you know, he's lining up against guys who are going, who's this dude? And they don't know what to do with him. Um, we'll, we'll see. But that's what this this gives these guys opportunity to do, is the Buccaneers now have an opportunity to find out, do we have a potential number three receiver on our roster right now? And if we don't, then they just have three games worth of more information going into the draft prep to target certain wide receivers like K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. But moving on to Ishmael Hyman, um, I don't know if I said that right, but that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, six foot, 188 pounds. He's 24 years old. So uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is at Hollywood underscore ish, I-S-H, number 13. Uh, he's a three-star recruit coming out of high school out of New Jersey, committed to Kansas in 2013, when he, in which uh, he redshirted that season, his only season in Kansas, because then he transferred to James Madison in 2014. He played for four years at James Madison, which is an FCS school, if you didn't know. And he only got six starts. In those four years. But in those four years, he did come down with 72 catches, a little over 1,000 yards, 14.7 yards per reception for his career, and 11 touchdowns. Won an FCS championship with James Madison, from my understanding. Went undrafted in 2018. Did not land on an NFL franchise in 2018. At his pro day, he ran a 4-4-5. Take that for what it's worth. Usually pro days, especially at smaller schools, are hand-timed. Um, so, you know, it could be a little bit off either way. It could be slower. It could be faster. Uh, he played for the Orlando Apollos in 2019 and in the regular season had eight targets, four catches, 60 yards, no touchdowns. His best game was week one when they hosted the Atlanta Legends where he had three targets, two catches, 45 yards. But his best game as an Apollo was actually their preseason matchup against San Diego Fleet there in San Antonio where they all played their preseason games. Uh, he had three targets, two catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. The Cleveland Browns signed him shortly after the 2019 NFL Draft. He played the entire preseason this year with Cleveland, had 20 targets, 11 catches, 130 yards, uh, did have some injuries, including a concussion with the with the Cleveland Browns, was ultimately waived and ended up getting signed to the Buccaneers practice squad September 24th, which is where he's been ever since until this week. Jameis Winston went on record and said that Hyman has made some plays for the practice squad, for the practice team, for the scout team. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Here's something interesting that I, that I found, which – is really only going to be interesting for the moment because I'm not really sure how much it's going to translate on Sunday. His best game in the preseason, five catches, 61 yards, came against the Detroit Lions. Oh, snap. 
Now we just have to see if he's active. Because <laughs> I mean, no. he's on the roster, but he may not be active on Sunday. So um, that's about the best I got for you, uh, Leighton. So not a whole lot. It's a whole lot of data, not a whole lot of uh, functional scouting. You know what I mean? Um, I did try to go through. He just didn't play enough, man. Um, you know, I found like a college highlight reel, but everybody looks good in their highlights. And the problem with highlight reels, especially for wide receivers, is usually the ball is in the air or the ball is falling into their hands or they already have the ball. In which case you've missed, uh, you've missed the release, you've missed the stem, you've missed the break, you've missed uh, how he reacts to contact, hand fighting. You've essentially missed everything except for can the guy catch, which if you're in the National Football League as a wide receiver, I hope you at least have some functionality in catching the football. So that's the problem with highlight reels. But that is everything that I know about uh, Ishmael Hyman, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. Active for the first time this weekend. Well, active roster for the first time this weekend. All righty then. Well, let's move on to our uh, our next uh, our next question. There, I couldn't come up with something clever. All right. I tried. <laughs> so, all right. So next up, um, we have. So I, I kind of teased a question that we received on Twitter on the Tuesday episode, but I wanted to save it for when you were on, and it came from Eric Kruger. Which, if everybody out there wants to send him a follow, he's at. E C K R U E G E R. So I'm in, I'm assuming his middle name starts with a C. Um, so here's what he said. Basically, uh, and and he said this before. You know, the the Buccaneers were completely out of the playoffs. But essentially, you know, at the time, saying I know there's still a slim chance to make the playoffs, but that's not really good enough for me. This is Eric. Uh, living in Virginia means I have to go out of my way to watch Bucks games, and apparently so does Matt. Um, and with uh, with how they played the first ten games or so, I just found myself not caring. Seems like another season where they're bad to start and finish strong, uh, but are too late. With that said, I thought you could talk about why we should still watch other than the fact that we're Bucks fans. Obviously, there will be more important games in the league overall, college bowl games, holidays, etc. Uh, what should we look for that could realistically make an impact going forward? Anything that can make the season not a total waste. I, uh, If we do, in fact, miss the playoffs yet again, which they will. Uh, if you guys do anything like that, let me know, and I'll have to make a point of listening uh, to that episode because I've really been struggling to keep up the team outside of simply seeing headlines and highlights. So, James, why should Eric continue to watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, first and foremost, the number one reason to continue to watch is Jameis Winston. How is he going to finish out the season? This guy has the opportunity to get the triple crown. Most passing yards most passing touchdowns, most interceptions. But how is he going to finish out this year? How is his first year under Bruce Arians, who has come out and said numerous times that his his offense comes with a learning curve and it's difficult to pick up, and we've seen guys in the past struggle with you know, playing under Bruce Arians in that, that first year and then come out and, and be outstanding in following seasons. So he's the number one reason you continue to watch. Can he finish out this season strong and get that second contract? Yes, and I'm so happy you said that. And I want everybody to know, that was not pre-planned. That was perfect. James, I want to play our voicemail that essentially talks to why one of our listeners is still watching the Buccaneers. Roll that beautiful bean footage. What up, gentlemen? Kevin. I haven't chimed in in a minute. I've been listening to a faithful listener, but just haven't called in for a minute. Been a little bit busy, you know, doing some other things, and really enjoying this three-game streak. So listen, we got a game to preview. I'm really excited about this game. I, I, I'm, like, irrationally excited 
about a game involving two teams with no play that have been eliminated from the playoffs. I just can't wait because I want Jameis Winston to ball out. I want him to throw like 16 days. I want him to be, you know, it's like FSU versus Appalachian State. I want him to go back to those days. I want him to, to ball out. And we have got to bring him back. There's no question you bring him back. You know why? Because he's exciting. Because he's fun. You know, take a little chance. Have a little fun in life. What are you going to do? Eat at Wendy's till the end of time? No, that's bad. You roll with the guy who's like a methadone and PCP donut. You eat that donut. You chow down. You enjoy it. What do you want? Like, I'm going to throw 187 yards for a touchdown. A little 27 to 10, but, you know, no pack. No. I want excitement. I want fun. I want enjoyment. I want to never be out of it. I want someone who really, really rumbles your guts. And that's what Jameis Winston does. I am so excited about this game. Go out there. Have a good time, young man. Sling it. You just keep slinging it. And they... <clears throat> well, read signed Jameis Winston. Alrighty then. That was that was intense. So, David, what is what what's your number one reason for continuing to watch outside of what we've just what we've just covered? No, that that's my number one reason too. So I'm gonna reiterate it. I, like I, I know it's kind of cheating, right. but listen, it it's 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 exactly that. Like it's fun, man. And I think if you take it for what it is, then you can have fun with it. Like, trust me, there's nobody more frustrated than a six and seven team. Like, like there are certain Buccaneers fans who aren't even happy with winning for the last five with coming from two and six to six and seven. They're still not happy because they're going, well, what if Matt Gay made that kick? Well, what if the officials didn't blow the whistle in Tennessee? Well, what if, you know, uh, Jamel Dean prepped better for Seattle or what if they won the coin toss? Uh, I know the, the pewter nation guy said that, like I got all the what ifs and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about them. They exist. They're there. This team could very easily be eight and eight and five, nine and four, even right now, um, in the thick of the playoff hunt, if not, you know, uh, leading some of this stuff and having, you know, the advantage over some people got it, but it doesn't make what's happening any less fun unless you just refuse to have fun with it and uh, go back to the actual game itself. Right. Uh, we mentioned it on our, on our Sunday reactions, our Monday episode, when I was doing the quarter by quarter open threads on bucksnation.com, I kept using roller coaster alliterations because that's what the game felt like. Mm-hmm. Bailey Adams did the immediate reaction and he literally said, do you like roller coasters in the title of his post game uh, reaction, which I, I tell you, he, like, I guarantee you, I haven't asked him, but I can pretty much promise you he didn't know I was doing the same thing in the quarter by quarter threads. Um, and roller coasters are fun. Like I understand some people find them, you know, they don't, they find them, they, they make them nervous they make them queasy, whatever, but roller coasters are fun. But you know, when roller coasters are most fun, they're most fun after the fact, because in the moment that feeling you get when you're going up and down and in those loops and everything, that feeling, ladies and gentlemen, is your body telling you something is really, really wrong right now. <laughs> That's actually what your body is telling you. You're translating it as, woo, this is fun. Let's go get some cotton candy afterwards. Like, It's all about how you perceive what you're experiencing. I understand the past. I get it. I understand the frustration um, because you guys are invested. We're, you know, everybody's invested. Like James, you and I, like we're invested. We invest time. We invest money into in taking these trips and, and talking about all this stuff and writing. We do it year round. Like like this year, like the year, the calendar year, two thousand nineteen. James, you and I have taken zero breaks 
from writing or talking about this team. So we get it. The players are frustrated. But you have to come back, and that's where kind of you know resiliency comes in, right? Real resiliency isn't just grinding through to the end. Real resiliency is coming through and finding a reason to get better and finding a way to get better, not just repeating the same thing over and over again. This team is finding a way to get better, and they're doing it week in and week out. So that's really the biggest reason. Like, it's fun to watch these guys go out there and get better. And it's fun to watch these guys go out there and make plays. Like, uh, Devin White had one of the, the quietest games of this season outside the one where he left injured and the one he had sick last weekend. But at crunch time, and it only happened once, he made an electric play, an incredibly intelligent play, slapped the ball out of Naheem Hines' hands. Mike Edwards picked it up. And honestly, started running backwards, and I started laughing. Like, it's fun, man. Like, don't take it to the point where you know, you see Mike Edwards running backwards, and you're going, oh, here we go again, Bucks being Bucks. Like, I got it. But you can't do anything about it. It's kind of like the Tony Romo Corona commercial, right, where the guy calls from the kitchen. He's like, Tony, we were down, whatever, and I left to come get a Corona, and ever since I've been here, we scored two touchdowns. What do I do? Tony Romo said, you go back in the living room and enjoy the game, dude, because you getting a Corona had nothing to do with it. I understand frustration because you're because you're invested, but you're invested because you are loyal to the team. You're invested because you are a fan. So go be a fan. Enjoy every good moment you can because being a Buccaneers fan, you haven't had that many. This is one of the good ones. Winning four out of five, coming into a game in Detroit that's very winnable. And now we've seen this team start actually winning those winnable games. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. Like we could very well be talking next week about how Jameis Winston threw eight interceptions and Rojo fumbled twice and Jamel Dean got burned by Kenny Galladay all day because the Lions kept matching him up against him and Carlton Davis got flagged three times. We could. That is in the realm of possibility. But going into this game, what they've done is very fun to watch. It's very exciting to watch. And like Kevin said, Jameis is going to go out there and rip it. And he's going to go out there and he's going to throw the ball. And things are going to happen. And it's going to be fun because it's football. And you're not going to have any more of this after this month until August. And come June, you're going to really wish it was August. So get every snap you can now so that you don't regret not watching them in June. So are you saying that us reviewing Star Wars movies at the ends of the podcast on Fridays has nothing to do with the Bucks win streak? Only because I don't want to say that and then somebody blames me for killing the mojo. Yes, us reviewing Star Wars has everything to do with the win streak. Real quick, because uh, I know we're like way over on time. Yeah. I'll throw out I'll throw out one more thing to continue to watch for. Um and it's David, it's something that you talked about just a little bit ago. It's the battle for the third receiver. Like, it, are one of these guys going to step up and really take control now with, with Mike Evans out? Godwin's your number one. So who's going to take the reins? Who's going to assert themselves as the leader in the clubhouse heading into the offseason to say, look, I'm going to be that solution. I'm going to be that guy that you can trust, that you can count on to be your third receiver. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Watson? Because he had a hell of a game. I was really impressed with what he did. Is yep. it going to be Scotty Miller? That's the guy that they used draft capital on this past offseason. That's supposed to be the speed guy. That's supposed to be the the breakout over the top, uh, you know, dismantle a defense kind of kind of guy. Is it going to be Brashad Perryman, who people wanted out of town for a compensatory draft pick, and he's done nothing but ball out since that deadline passed. So these are guys fighting for essentially starting jobs. 
And who's going to take the reins? I think that's going to be a really, really interesting and fun battle to watch these last three weeks. Most definitely. And here's my last point to make to Eric and any other Bucks fans having this dilemma. Because, again, if one person has a question, he, I guarantee you Eric's not the only person thinking something similar. And you know, and somebody on Twitter uh, responded. And don't get me wrong. Like, I have no problem with the way anybody responds because it wasn't like insulting. But – Someone responded because real fans watch no matter what. And I will tell you that I, I will always try to stay away from telling someone how to be a quote unquote real fan. But Eric, here's what I'll say directly to you and anybody else having this question. Um, you are, you have made it this far as a Buccaneers fan. Like, I don't know how long you've been a Buccaneers fan, but the fact that you're a Buccaneers fan at all means that you have from an NFL fan standpoint, you've been through some stuff. There might be a light at the end of the tunnel and it might be coming up soon. Don't miss the opportunity to cash in on your investment. Because if you bail now, if you bail now with three games left in the season, and then you come back in 2020, you say, okay, I've I've stepped away since before last Christmas. Let's see what they do this year. And they do go on some sort of magical run, win 10 or 11 or 12 games or even more, and make it to the playoffs. And they don't even win Super Bowl. Let's say, let, let's just say they become comp- competitors. They become they, they joined the fray, so to speak. You're going to want to be among the Buccaneers fans saying, I knew this team could do it, or I've been here. At least I, I've been through the mud and the muck and the and the fog, and I came out the other side, and man, it's beautiful here in the sunlight with everybody else now. But if you bail, that's going to be cheapened. Like, you, you'll still be happy, and you'll still walk around saying you're a Bucs fan, and, and that's fine. But trust me, as someone who has felt the the rush and and the amazing euphoria of coming home from war you can't get that feeling unless you go to war this is your war you can't get maximum celebration from buccaneers success if it comes in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 until you go through the crap and the crud and the mud and the muck that you're already in like you're already dirty don't bail now and jump in the free shower because it looks easier Wait till the end and then get in the pool and celebrate with the rest of us. That's my final dramatic statement to you as my dog laps water in the background. Hey, that was that was such a a fire take that the dog had to, uh, you know, get some refreshment. Couldn't (laughs) handle all that heat coming off that microphone. (laughs) Nice. So with that. We are going to get out of here. I, I don't think we could we could finish on any better note than that. Please. I, oh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I do want to say that the outro song is dedicated to every fan who feels like Eric in a fun, lighthearted way, not a cruel way. Okay. I like I don't even know what it is. I'll find out with the rest of you. But in the meantime, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And of course, coming up tomorrow, we have our final preview against the Lions, and we have another segment of David Reviews Star Wars. As we go back and we take a look at episode two, Attack of the Clones. Oh, buddy. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. And we thank you so much for joining us right here 
Bucks.